This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 185th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. You know those pictures of marathon contestants who are flat on their stomachs, sweating like pigs, literally dragging themselves over the finish line? Well, that's kind of how I'm feeling as I approach my final three chapters in my latest revision of my historical work in progress, The Deepest Breath. Funny how that works, isn't it? Everything's going well with it. I'm pretty happy with how it's turned out, although I do have some remaining niggles to check with my beta readers and crit partners. And, of course, I'm ecstatic to be so close to the end, especially since I have so many other projects breathing down my neck right now. So you'd think I'd be jogging along, arms outstretched, ready to break that finish line tape. Where's my Gatorade when I need it, right? How to create a surefire, awesome setting. The latest post in the video series on my blog offers suggestions for balancing the perception that readers dislike setting description with the reality that every book needs a vivid setting. To watch it, visit my website at www.helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, the 10th in the series Structuring Your Stories Scenes. This installment is titled, Options for Decisions in a Sequel. Perhaps the most instinctive of all the scene's building blocks is the decision. This third and final piece of the sequel grows out of the character's dilemma and leads right into the next scene's goal. The decision is the little cattle prod on your story's backside that keeps it moving. Conceivably, your character could sit around contemplating his dilemmas for the rest of his life. But good stories require forward motion, and the only way out of a dilemma is to make a decision, whether it's right or wrong. As always, the key to a good decision is making sure it is a direct result of the previous dilemma. A random, unrelated decision may well keep the plot moving, but not in the straight line your readers want. If your character's dilemma is about what to make for dinner, his decision needs to be filet mignon and lionese potatoes, not to run down to the hospital and donate blood. You're not going to find a story technique that's much more straightforward than the sequel decision. Basically, the options boil down to just two. One, to take action. Two, to not take action. Both are acceptable choices, but usually you're going to want your character to make decisions that will force him to act. You want a character who causes things to happen, not one who sits around and allows them to happen to him. That said, there will be moments when a character's decision to refrain from action will be just as important to the plot and just as revealing of his inner conflict as would be the most exciting of actions. Your character's specific decision will, of course, depend entirely on the nature of his dilemma. His decision may be anything from, I'm going to wear blue socks today, to I'm going to sacrifice my life to save everybody in that burning building. Whatever the case, it will translate into a goal that will fit into one of the five categories we discussed in our episode on goals. Often, your character's dilemma won't be one that can be solved with a simple one-shot decision. In fact, you'll want to actively avoid too many simple dilemmas decisions in a row. If the character is faced with one easily solved problem after another... The story will take on a scattered, episodic feel, and readers will begin to doubt the insurmountability of the odds. 
This is where the long-term goal, short-term decision factor comes into play. If your character's problem is how to marry that cute neighbor girl, he's going to be faced with many, many dilemmas along the way to reaching his ultimate goal. In figuring out your sequel's decision, look for the first step the character must take. Maybe he does decide to marry the neighbor girl in that first sequel, but he also has to decide on a much smaller, more plausible course of action. In this case, he decides to apologize for yelling at the girl's dog. Your character's decisions will shape the plot. If all his decisions are obvious and easily accomplished, the story will quickly lose steam. You don't want characters to consistently decide upon ridiculous or illogical courses of action. But you do want to keep the odds long and readers guessing. Our lovelorn hero's most sensible course of action in trying to marry the neighbor girl might be to simply ask her out. Nothing wrong with that, and it could certainly lead to all kinds of interesting story possibilities of its own. But we might be able to unearth some unexpected options by having him make a different decision. Maybe he decides to serenade her outside her window. Maybe he decides to make himself forget all about her. Or maybe, like Annabelle Sims in the classic movie Every Girl Should Be Married, he investigates every aspect of the girl's life in an attempt to casually infiltrate her routines. You're always going to want to be able to put your character's decision into words. Write it down so you have something concrete to build upon. But you may not want to actually state the decision outright in the story. Often the decision will be clear from either the preceding dilemma or the goal in the next scene. Sometimes the decision won't even be made until seconds before the character acts upon it, in which case it will meld with the goal. So just a few guidelines to keep in mind. Don't state the decision outright if it is in any way repetitious or condescending to readers. If the decision is clear from the context, it probably won't require an outright explanation. Do state the decision outright if the act of deciding is just as important as the goal. For example, the decision is a turning point for the character. Do state the decision outright if you need a strong link between your sequel and the next scene. For example, if several intervening scenes separate the decision and the goal and or the decision provides a strong end to the chapter. Before you tie the ribbon on your sequel and call it a wrap, Take a minute to double-check yourself with the following questions. 1. Is your decision an organic result of your dilemma? 2. Does your decision lead into a strong goal? 3. If your dilemma is a long-term problem, have you narrowed the decision down to the first logical step in solving that problem? 4. Does your decision solve the dilemma too easily, or does it lead to new complications, either because the character made the wrong decision, or because solving the dilemma created a new dilemma? 5. If your character decides not to take action, is this a logical and important step within the plot? 6. Is your decision important enough to state outright in the sequel? 7. If you've stated the decision outright, is it repetitious in light of either the dilemma or the following goal? So what does this final building block of the sequel look like in action? Let's take one last peek at our books and movies.
Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. The second chapter ends with the Bennett women's dilemma about how to meet up with Mr. Bingley. This dilemma is, of course, the first step in the much larger story dilemma of how to get Bingley to marry one of the girls. The decision is never stated outright, but its implication, Mrs. Bennett will invite Bingley to dinner at the appropriate time, is clear both from the dilemma and from the actual dispatch of the invitation at the beginning of the next chapter. It's a Wonderful Life, directed by Frank Capra. Clarence's dilemma is how to convince George he shouldn't commit suicide in order to pay off the accounting discrepancy with his life insurance. George's offhand comment about believing the people he cares about would be better off had he never been born leads Clarence to his decision. He gets Joseph to make George's wish come true. The decision segues directly into the goal, which, easily accomplished thanks to Joseph, segues right into the next scene's conflict. Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card Ender's dilemma about how to get out of going to school turns into something much bigger when Graf and his men show up at the house and give Ender the option of attending battle school. Although Ender's ultimate decision to go with Graf effectually solves his sequel's dilemma, it also introduces an entirely new twist which requires almost the entire chapter to explain and reason through. Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, directed by Peter Weir. After discussing the battle with his officers, Captain Aubrey flies in the face of their expectations and makes the surprising decision to remain in the Pacific, refit the ship at sea, and then pursue the Acheron. The outright statement of the decision is crucial since Aubrey's taking it upon himself to exceed his orders with this decision is more important at this point than the actual goal itself. This decision will drive the entirety of the plot, as well as Aubrey's personal character arc. You've now learned how to build an entire scene from scene, goal, conflict, and disaster, to sequel, reaction, dilemma, and decision. Put one solid scene upon another, and before you know it, you'll have a story that's solid all the way through. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.